Hello, and welcome to the Messy Truth About Leading People podcast with Nikki Roth, Rhea Welsh, and Gavin Fensmith. This is where we explore the real world of leadership and leading. We call it the Messy Truth because it's all about the imperfections, complexities, and quirkiness of people who come in many different varieties. Hi, Gavin. Hey, listen, today I'd love us to talk about teams because in my book, the hardest thing for leaders to learn how to do is to facilitate an effective team. That's why we all shy away from it. Yeah, that's a great idea. And in fact, repeat that great quote that you you have in the book about people and teams. Yeah, so this is true. I mean, I didn't make this up. Multiple people said this to me. I'd get so much done around here if it just weren't for all these damn people. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So imagine, you know, we're all doing our work in teams now. And, you know, you got to figure out how to manage and interact with and work effectively with all these people. So it's, it's a topic that's near and dear to my heart. I love teams. I've been doing them for a long time. I actually, it's kind of an area of extreme interest for me. And every time somebody asks me, you know, like, well, how do I run a really great team? I mean, there's some things I can say, but in the end, the people skills, the interpersonal skills, the insights, the awareness, the complication of there being, you know, six, seven, eight, nine people in a room together, it's like friggin' hard. So there's a bunch of stuff going on there. So we are having this conversation on the basis that we want to speak particularly to the leader of a team, right? Yes. Yep. It's the team leader who may have you know, will decide how many they would have in their team, but but they have a group of people and they're trying to create a you know excellent functioning, high performing team out of them. So we're we're talking to the team leader. Another thing that comes to mind is, well, what do we mean by team? Because you and I have done this for a long time, coached a lot of teams, and we come across so many teams that are just kind of meh. <laughs> you know, most teams probably we come across are like that. And as you said to me once. They're not really teams, they're just work groups. Right. So what do we mean by team exactly? I think in the purest form, what we mean is when some kind of activity, some kind of work must be accomplished that requires much more input and a collective process, both in terms of ideas, debate, you know, the discussion that takes place, as well as the implementation of whatever that work assignment is, and that it can just be accomplished better with a collective. Now, the mistake that a lot of us make, though, and a lot of companies make is they say, okay, these eight people are going to be on team X to accomplish Y, go forth and take care of it. And the truth is, is that most of those, as you say, are not really teams. They are work groups with an assignment. Yes, and the, and the point of them getting together is really to coordinate, yeah. share information. It's not really to do any collective work. Correct. So why don't you talk for a minute about the difference between the collective work and just achieving an assignment? Well, for me, the, the collective work, the point about that is a group of people that share some kind of you know, common goal, common idea, common purpose, the the output of that collective group is much better. There are much better ideas generated by a collective, as you described it, who are in this together. 
So for me, it's about the output is way better. So what we can produce collectively is way better than what I can produce individually in terms of an idea um, and in terms of the, you know, the follow through of that idea. So that, that's what I mean when I'm thinking of team versus work group. A work group, you know, might be people that are in charge of a small unit or a f- part of a function. They come together and they share information with their peers in other departments and, you know, stuff kind of aggregates into interesting information, but it's not really what I would call a collective effort. There's no real sort of mutual accountability for something. Right. And I think that's an important point, the mutual accountability. The other thing I would add to that is like, what then if you open the door to that team meeting and you looked in, what would it look like if it was just a work group versus a collective? To me, a work group you know, you've got, you know, a couple people over in one corner working on their part of the task and a person over in that corner, everybody's got their laptops open. And there's kind of what we would call with like preschoolers side by side play versus true interaction, right? Mm -hmm. Where a collective, a real team, a true team is they're all focused in, you know, on each other. They're looking at each other. They're interacting with each other. There's a lot of energy. There's, it's can be chaotic at moments. It can be fun at moments. It can be intense at moments. It can be um, just the energy in the room suggests these people are interacting with each other pretty routinely and with great intention yeah, versus, yeah. versus in separate corners. Yes, yes. And and just reflecting on that, coming back, reflecting on what you just said, coming back to the beginning, I mean, over the years, many years of doing this, so many teams, I mean, nearly all the teams, I think I have come across are just kind of meh, you know, they just, they kind of do the job of sharing information and coordinating and they show up because that's the kind of function of the organization they're in and they got to share that information. But there's no real energy, there's no real kind of, um, you know, commitment and focus on some kind of you know collective engagement so it really is quite interesting so so for me in the world i've been in these kind of teams you describe are real minorities i mean they're just Abs- a very small number of absolutely absolutely you know because you know we've been both thinking back on our collective years of experience with all these teams and i agree with you that most of the teams i've been in are okay yeah. but not great and what I hear from person after person, and I'm sure you hear the same thing, is like, what a friggin' waste of time that was. You know, I, like I could have taken care of this in a week all by myself. I don't know why we all had to get together. And I think that's one indication that it wasn't really a team, okay? That a person's felt experience around it is that this was, I didn't learn anything. I, you know, I didn't find anything particularly valuable there, but we got the job done. And that's the outcome. And made even worse, though, when a relationship may have broken down among two members of that team, you know, where where the task is to coordinate and share information, which is which is a pain in itself. But then I really don't get on with that person over there. I really do not want to be in the same room with them. And then that just makes the whole activity. Oh, God, do I have to show up for this? You know, exactly. So. That's the other category of teams that we both have experienced. Like, so the vast majority might be just average, but then there's a whole bunch of them that are just like the shittiest experiences. And so whether it's just one relationship breaks down or the leader has not facilitated the work and the dynamics and the conversation properly, and it is just like a nightmare. 
an absolute nightmare. And I remember a team I used to have to participate in, and it was at a high level. And uh, I'm keeping this intentionally anonymous here. Um, And it was like, oh, gosh, it's whatever day, Thursday at one o'clock. Oh, let me just, you know, take a deep breath, deep cleansing breath before I walk into that room. Let me get my mind set because I can be guaranteed that we're going to have exactly the same conversation that we've always had. The leader is going to basically open up the meeting with, here's our agenda. Here's kind of where I'd like us to land. The two really dominant people on the team would hijack the agenda completely. And it was so apparent that they had already talked to the leader of the team and they had collectively decided how the conversation was going to go. Then there would be a few of us who might try to jump in and say, yes, but yes, but, and then everybody else was completely silent. And it's like, all I can tell you is that every friggin' week when I walked out, I just kept saying that was two hours of my life I will never have back again. And I had to do it week after week after week. And we were supposed to be doing a lot of leading in this organization. And I think that experience describes so many people's experiences with teams. Yeah. And then hence the need for this conversation today to be about the role of the leader of the team yes. because so much rests on the shoulders of that individual yes to really set the standards for how that team interacts and therefore how it performs so so let's get into that so we want to spend a few minutes just thinking about in our experience what might be two or three how to's yeah for a for a leader of a team and what we mean is a leader of a you know, truly a leader of a team, not a leader of a sort of series of functional work, uh, functional people in the work group, but truly a leader of a team. What might be the two or three things that they can focus on to create this environment that will be effective, assuming there's a collective need and assuming that they believe that the output can be better than if they did it individually, right? Right. So what would you say would be number one? The first thing I go to is who's on the team, who gets selected to participate in this endeavor. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we have to belabor this point much, but kind of my go-to simplest advice is be incredibly intentional. Do not have all the usual suspects. Have several wild cards so that the conversation is not the expected conversation. Um, be very, very planful about it and have as much diversity in who's participating as possible. And by diversity here, I mean who thinks differently, who looks differently, who has a different position level in the company, and who has a different function, different expertise. Yeah. So different experiences. Different experiences in total. Right. And to be very planful about that versus always selecting your favorite pets or oh, it's it's an IT strategy teams, therefore we have to have these expected human beings on it. And I say, no, just so that I don't know that we have to go into that in any detail, but I think if you don't select the right people, yeah, yeah, then you will have very either mediocre outcomes or you will have these crazy dynamics. Although I guess there is one corollary to that composition question, which is maybe you get it wrong and you pick a bad apple. So, and after a few weeks or months, you realize that. So what's your thoughts on how to deal with a bad actor on the team. As team leader, what do you recommend they do? I actually, if the assessment is this person is harming the team, okay, versus just a difficult character, 
but harming the work of the team. I first take the person aside and speak with them individually, you know, and give them feedback. You've done this very behaviorally specific behavior. Mm. You've done these things. Are you aware of the impact of those things? And frequently the person will say either something like, no, I'm not aware or a very belligerent, I don't care. Yeah. You know, because I'm the smartest person in the room, therefore. And then, you know, basically I ask the person if they're willing to change their behavior. If they're not willing to change their behavior, then for the good of the collective, I will remove that person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. So that's number one, composition. So what's the second how-to? I think the next important thing is creating an environment that is psychologically safe. And by that, I mean where all these different, interesting, diverse people can speak their mind, where uh, each person gets to say, here's my idea, and feel completely safe and comfortable in saying, I don't agree with that idea. Or here's another way to think about that idea. So for a collective team to work well, there needs to be really vigorous debate, and there needs to be constantly moving the the puzzle pieces around. And you can't do that unless everybody feels safe enough to do that, that there won't be a negative consequence if they tell somebody in a higher status, I don't like your idea, that there won't be a negative consequence if they actually disagree with the will of the group, you know, that they won't get kicked out of the team, that they won't be belittled if they say, here's my wacky idea. Uh, that they won't be ignored if they are actually a minority voice. By minority, I mean nobody else believes what they believe. That any of those sorts of uh, expressions are safe to have. Yeah. I guess it also makes me think about the, the notion that when you do have a disagreement, when you do have dialogue where there is you know potential for a difficult conversation or even conflict then to disagree with the idea and not disagree with the person correct so you separate the the idea from the personality and that may help your notion of you know safety if you like i'm not attacking you blaming you or right belittling you right but i am actually wanting i really want to dig into this idea because i'm not sure about it yeah i think it's a difference between saying well, that's stupid. Yes. Versus, yes. versus yeah. I'm not sure I agree with that because of these reasons. Yeah. Okay, great. So that's number two, how to, uh, creating a safe psychological environment. Number three, well, I think probably the biggest topic for us is that the third one for us would be dynamics, right? How does the team leader manage the dynamics of the team, which is, as you said earlier, it's really the hardest thing to do as a boss. Right. Of anything you do, really, is to manage the dynamics of a group of people that have come together to create this high-performing team and to keep that going. It's, it's damn hard to do. It's really hard. And it does tie into what we were just talking about, the psychological safety. Hmm. Okay, Because a leader that can manage the dynamics well is creating a safe environment. Okay. And by dynamics, let's just define that for a second for everybody. We mean who's speaking? Is everybody getting a chance to speak? Is somebody dominating the conversation? What's the tone? Do people feel energetic or do they feel withdrawn and passive? You know, if you ask the question, well, what what do you think? Is the person reticent? 
Are people talking over each other? Are people being respectful? Those are what we mean by the dynamics. And, you know, you and I have noted that, you know, sort of teams lower down in an organization where there isn't as much experience differentiation or power differentiation, that these conversations the dynamics maybe go better. Yeah. Then once you get to mid manager and above, where you're you got politics in play, you've got power differences in play. So the dynamics start to get funky. Yeah. And the challenge for the team leader is to ensure these dynamics are effective with some some, you know, really key managerial skills. So, you know, open ended questions in the team ensuring that you know the team leader does a lot of listening rather than talking all the time so helping that for that kind of facilitation skills you know is a set of skills to be learned by team leaders right so in my mind i think about there being almost two layers of managing the dynamics some of it is just what you described that there are some basic skills providing feedback managing these debates you know where everybody can state differences of opinions in ways that are productive. So there, there's certain um, managerial skills, interpersonal skills that I think can be taught. Then I would say that on top of that, there's almost a meta level, which is as a team leader, you're sitting there and, and maybe you're doing a great job at asking questions and drawing people out and making sure nobody's talking. But a leader is feeling a tremendous amount of pressure and anxiety and like, oh my God, where did that comment come from? Oh my God, wait, I'm focused on this part of what's going on. And then somebody over there seems to be having a side conversation. Wait, wait, we agreed no side conversations. Like, oh my God, now we're like on some other topic. Should I pull them back off of this topic? But I don't know, there seems to be good energy around this topic. So maybe I should let it go. Like for the leader, there are a thousand decisions to make every minute. And I think that's the meta level that gets really complicated for somebody who doesn't have enough practice yet at leading teams. Right. Yeah. I mean, underlying the dynamics, how to for me, Nikki, is the ability of the team lead to really have strong relationships with members of the team and facilitating strong relationships among team members as well. So exactly. re- relating, it comes back to one of you know, our basic core tenets, right. relating well to other people and relating and intentionally working on those relationships so that, so that then the team leader is able to figure out the dynamics and is able to build that sense of psychological safety. You know, I, I really want to underline that one because as a leader or when I've been called in to facilitate a team, when it gets really complicated or you sense that something's wrong, but you don't know what it is, I then go, I advise, or I will go into a one-on-one conversation. Not everything needs to take place in the team setting. In fact, I recommend that it not all happen there because of exactly what you said. You've got to build the rapport and the relationships. And some of that is best done outside. Great idea. Yeah. I remember one of my most all-time favorite leaders, in fact, I, I would I kept thinking, he must be performing magic. I don't know what's going on here, but I would sit in his team meetings and it's like he would bring up a really tough topic that the team had to decide on and he would 
sit back and he would allow for everybody to express their ideas. And, you know, you could feel everybody kind of coalescing around some consensus and everything, you know, and he would let it go for a while. And an hour later, they would all be aligned and come to an agreement. And, you know, I felt confident that they would walk out and sort of do what they said that they were going to do. And after watching this over and over and over again, I finally went to him and I said, okay, tell me what, like, how do you do that? And here I was already an expert at teams, right? And I'm like, going like, what was that? And what he said is, I speak with everybody one-on-one before these big decisions need to get made. And I both express, you know, some point of view that I have, but I also listen to their point of view. So that by the time we walk into the team meeting where we have to make a major decision, it's actually been a collective uh, activity. It's just happened outside the room. So that when everybody gets a chance to express their point of view, it's already been tempered by the relationship conversation. Right. Because he's relating to them all one-on-one. It was brilliant. Friggin' brilliant. So great, great, great conversation, Nikki. So let's do a quick summary. So we're suggesting three ideas for a team lead to be able to create, you know, this kind of high performing, highly effective collective. One is be intentional about the composition of the team. Two is create this environment of psychological safety where everyone feels they can contribute with with no consequences no you know heavy psychological consequences and three managing the dynamics of the team which is all underpinned by relationships yeah great this was fun i'm sure we're going to talk about it again because this is uh we're all working in teams and it's a hard skill to really master. Big topic, big responsibility for team leaders. In fact, I would invite all of our listeners, if you have specific questions about teams especially, please let us know, and we'd love to respond directly. Great idea. Okay. See you next time, Nikki. Take care, Gavin. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.